0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Bet $50 at Winbet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with Winbet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, Don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. You are listening to an international edition of the EPL show here on. The Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at soccer. That's at sgp soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. It's at BetMUFC. At BetMUFC. There'll be more tweets from that account during the summer as Manchester United look to rebuild their squad in the summer transfer window. And finally, follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. It's at LockBetting.com. At LockBetting.com. So LockBetting.com without the dot. That's my premium pay service that has delivered 108 months in a row of transparent track profit. 108 months means nine years undefeated. We are now setting our sights on month number 120 because in 12 months time, we will be able to say we haven't had a single losing month in sports betting for a decade, for 10 years. That is the new target. Before we get to 120, we need to get to month number 109 and that is the month of June. Some members have temporarily left the service and will be returning for the soccer season. And if you are going to miss a month, I would say June is probably the best month to miss. But you are still missing out on a load of winning content. We are having a strong season in the MLB. We are having our best season ever in the NBA with the finals currently being played. Boston 1-0 up against the Warriors. We have NHL plays, we have tennis plays. We're coming to the end of the French Open, but grass court season is starting soon with Wimbledon starting at the end of the month. You want to make sure you get our futures for that. If Nadal wins the French Open, we will have another decent futures haul for another Grand Slam tournament. It will be our 19th profitable Grand Slam tournament in a row if Nadal can win the French Open today. And then of course, as I said, we have grass court season, we have combat sports, we have WWE a pay-per-view this month, Hell in a Cell and Money in a Bank at the start of next month as well. And next month we'll be looking at those very, very important soccer futures. Plus we have international soccer as well. So still a ton of action here in the month of June if you want to sign up as we target 109 months in a row of tracks back track, profit, head over to lockbetting.com if you want to do your research. Look at the pin tweet at lockbetting.com. Currently, we have the PL up for the month of April. That will be changed in the next five, six hours for the month of May. That may be done by the time you listen to this show. Have a look at both of those spreadsheets. In fact, have a look at all of our spreadsheets. Go down to the bottom of the spreadsheet for April and May, whatever one's up when you go there. Look at the tags down the bottom. They say things like football, tennis, NBA. If you click football, you'll see football bets. If you go to Tennis, you'll see tennis bets. If you go to NBA, you'll see NBA bets. If you go to PNL, you'll see all of the other previous PLs. Have a look through those properly. Don't just look at how much we've won. Look at the type of bets we do. Look at the type of stakes that we place. Make sure it is the service for you. And also look at the members' comments at the bottom, verifying the fact, the cold hard fact that we have delivered one hundred and eight months in a row of transparent track profit to this point. And if it's all looking good to you, sign up for this month of June. As I said, over the next twelve months, we will be targeting 120 months of profit. So come aboard the journey now. We have so, so, so much coming up in the next twelve months. As I said, this NBA season finishes in the next few weeks, and then of course we have MLB, NHL. We have combat sports. We have massive boxing matches in the next twelve months, including Anthony Joshua versus Usyk. We have the return of the soccer season with all our futures going out in July. We have Wimbledon and the US Open still to come for Tennis Grand Slams. And of course, this is a World Cup year with the World Cup coming up in November. Now, this is significant to discuss right now because it seems like the players, at least from the major countries, are downing tools and they're saying we don't want to play in the Nations League. That's what we're seeing, I think, from the performances that we've seen so far from the first round of games. We've seen it from Belgium, we've seen it from France, we've seen it from Germany, Italy, we've seen it from England. And you can't really blame them. Their their colleagues, who aren't international players, are on the beach relaxing, as they should do. And these players are still playing three needless rounds of the Nations League. Now, I'm a fan of the Nations League. I don't think it's lived up to the hype where it's supposed to be a um, international version of the Champions League. No way. But it is still a good competition that has provided an opportunity to see the big countries play each other rather than playing in their very, very easy World Cup qualifiers. Well, try telling that to Italy who won't be going to the World Cup. But they are predominantly very, very easy and one-sided. So it is good to see these countries play. However, when you're coming off the end of a long, gruelling season... And then you have the shortest preseason you're going to have, because the season is starting early, because it's a World Cup year, and you're going to have a World Cup in the middle of the season with this Winter World Cup You're going to have to give these players some chance to rest. So while their colleagues are resting, these players are having to play these Nations League games. They're then going to go away for just two and a half weeks. And then they're going to come back and they're going to begin training for the new season, which starts this season in the first week of August for the EPL at least. So... I think it's very, very harsh. And we're seeing that from the comments of the players. We're seeing that also from the performances. And therefore, that makes this round of games very, very difficult to handicap. Now, last time, we didn't come away with any real significant damage. We did get some plays wrong. But at the end of the day, we landed our two locks here on the show. So no significant damage has been done. But what I will be doing is looking at these games very, very carefully. And uh, I'll be keeping stakes quite low when it comes to to the Nations League. I think the most important game that we're going to cover here is the one that we are going to begin with because World Cup qualification is on the line as Wales take on the Ukraine. Ukraine got past Scotland in the last round. They are the sentimental favourite here because of the war. I even saw A comment from Scottish legend Graeme Souness, former Liverpool manager, Liverpool player and Scottish legend Graeme Souness, saying that Scotland should just lie down and, and forfeit the game for Ukraine. And if it gets played, that he would want Ukraine to win because he believes that by Ukraine getting to the World Cup, it continues on the awareness of the whole situation in Ukraine. Listen, I understand that, right? But I don't understand why It's football's responsibility. I don't understand why we are having this much political pull in football. At this point, football is being oversaturated with messages, either it be Black Lives Matter or LGBT or various illnesses and charities. And now and now we're moving on into wars. I mean, it's just too much, I think, for, for people to handle. And I think I'm not the only one who's getting a little bit fed up of it. So for me, Ukraine are not the sentimental to favourite at all. I would rather side with a team like Wales, who have produced miracles in recent years. When you look at Wales... Wales are a tiny little country who are attached to England. They're a tiny little country that are attached to England. They have no right to be doing as well as they've done in recent years, beginning with qualifying for the 2016 Euros and then once there beating Belgium. One of the strong favourites for the competition in the quarterfinals, reaching the semi-finals of the competition. This Wales team, for me, are the ultimate underdog story. And I don't think that one team should be a sentimental favourite because they are involved in a war. Is it sad they're in a war? Yes. Is it tragic? Is it unfortunate? Yes. All of those things, but... I don't see why we should all now become Ukraine supporters and jump off the bandwagon of this great, great Wales story. Wales have massively overperformed. When you look at the performances of the likes of Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale in a Wales shirt, they really do bring it to the table. Gareth Bale hasn't even played football this season for Real Madrid. And Aaron Ramsey, who's getting paid by Juve, has gone on loan to Glasgow Rangers, where he hasn't played either. Yet, when they put on a Wales shirt, you see Pete Ramsey, you see peak, peak Gareth Bale. I don't think there's a Wales player who's been any better than Gareth Bale. He's in the argument of being the, the greatest Wales player ever, especially when you look at what he's actually done for Wales. Some would argue that the likes of Ian Rush, Mark Hughes, Ryan Giggs have probably done more in the game overall. Um, I wouldn't even necessarily 100% agree with that. But when it comes to performing in a Wales shirt... I don't think anybody's done more than Gareth Bale. He carried him through to this round as well, beating uh, Austria last time out with goals from Gareth Bale. And then, of course, he is the player who's carried him to the the Euros. And his performances in general have made Wales a serious, serious threat. As I said, peak Gareth Bale always turns up for Wales and he could be the difference maker here in this game against Ukraine because it's not going to be Scotland whereas people said that Scotland should just lie down or forfeit they didn't do that literally but figuratively they did not turn up for that game and I don't think that's going to be the same case here for this Welsh team who are always very very strong on their own turf Wales haven't lost a home game since 2018 And I do feel that that will be enough to see them through here. They may need need extra time. I can see this being a game that goes all the way to the wire. And I can see both teams scoring in the game as well. The statistical data certainly supports that. Wales have seen both teams score in their last five games. And Wales have conceded in four successive home games. Ukraine have seen both teams score in 13 of their 18 games in 2021. And if you look at the way they played against Scotland, they won 3-1, but that really could have been 7 or 8-1. They were the dominant team, so it's really hard for me to not see them scoring. But at the same time, it's really hard for me to see them winning here against the Welsh team that haven't lost at home since 2018. So I lean Wales to, to qualify here from this game. Uh, I didn't actually uh, run through the odds here. Wales are the narrow favourites at thirteen to 8, 21 to ten on the draw, and Ukraine here are available at seven to four. So Wales are the very, very narrow favourites. They're very narrow favourites to qualify as well. Wales are available here at five to six, with the Ukraine available here at even money. So slight underdogs. I lean towards Wales to get it done. My main selection though is going to be on both teams to score, which is surprisingly available here at plus money given the data it's available at 11 to 10 here for this one we move on to the nations league matches we begin with a game here between the czech republic versus spain czech republic 92 favorites 14 to 5 on the draw and it's two on spain spain were walking wounded against portugal and uh, limped to a 1-1 draw that was one of the locks that we cashed the other lock was on the winner of the finalissima which was argentina but for me here, Spain will get some players back and um, they're coming up here against the Czech team who they always seem to do well against anyway. Spain are beaten in a five previous meetings with the Czech and Czech have beaten just one team in FIFA's top 20 rankings over the last three years. That was their upset win over Holland in the Euros and Spain have won seven of their last eight matches with, of course, that uh, draw against Portugal breaking that run. So it could have been uh, eight out of the last eight. They are in strong form here. And when you're looking at playing at the end of the season, Who's going to be the most tired? You don't want to be playing against Spain. Spain are a team who have sixty-five to seventy-five percent of the ball, playing their tiki-taka style. They're going to dominate possession here, and Czech are going to be drained chasing the ball. As I said, this is the end of the season, and that's the last thing you want to be doing. Spain are the last team you want to be playing, and I think this actually um, suits them here in this game. I think Spain get it done, and I like them here on the money line at a price of seven to ten. Another team I like on the money line, also at 7-10, is Portugal. They're at home to Switzerland. 7-10 favourites, 14-5 on the draw and 4-1 on the Swiss. Swiss just lost to the Czechs. They they massively underperformed in that game. They look like a team who don't really want to be playing in the Nations League. And Portugal got themselves a good result away to Spain. It was a 1-1 draw. And they were surprisingly able to rotate in that game. I thought Portugal will go strong in that game because of the rivalry. And perhaps rest some players here. But they didn't. Ronaldo didn't play in that game. Or he didn't start in that game. He will start here. And I think automatically Portugal will raise their performance. And I think they'll raise it for the home fans. Portugal have won five of the last six home internationals, and Switzerland have lost each of the last two away games by a 2 1 scoreline. That individual score here is available at 8 1. I do think the Swiss will score. Both teams have scored in four of Switzerland's last five games, and both teams have scored in three of Portugal's last four matches. But ultimately, I see the Portuguese outscoring them here at home. When Ronaldo plays for Portugal or when Messi plays for Argentina, it does give the teams a lift. So I think Portugal did very well to get anything against Spain without Ronaldo in the team. And I think here at home, in front of their own supporters. Despite the fact there's a lot of top international players here, top European players who will want the break, I do think they'll put together one last effort here and pick up the home win against the Swiss here who looked really, really bad in their last outing away, losing to the Czech Republic. Before we move on to Monday's Nations League games, I'm going to squeeze in a play here for African Nations qualifying. It's the game here between Egypt and Guinea. And uh, Egypt are the favourites here at one to two on the money line to pick up a win. Uh, Mo Salah will be playing in this game despite playing in a Champions League final. He is coming back here to represent his country, who are the one to two favourites to pick up the home win here. It's sixteen to five on the draw, and it's six to one here on Guinea. I like this to be a, a tight, tight game, and I'm going to tack on Egypt to win and the under three and a half goals. I think it's going to be a tight game where Guinea put men behind the ball, trying to come away with something from the game. But ultimately, the, the more talented Egypt team will break through. So I think taking Egypt on the molly line and under three and a half goals is a safe way to play this game. Guinea have scored one goal in the last four matches and they have won just one of the last 10 competitive games. And both teams have scored in just one of Egypt's last 11 games. So they are involved in a lot of low scoring games. And despite the fact that You look at this team and you go Mo Salah, Mo Salah, Mo Salah. They are a team who are very, very defensively sound. The hosts have kept six clean sheets in their last eight matches and their opponents, Guinea, tend not to create much going forward. So as I said, the pattern of play here is essentially going to be Guinea sitting in trying to get something from this game. But I feel Egypt are value to get the breakthrough and we are getting plus money here on this selection. It's even money, so we're getting plus 100 on the selection here for Egypt and under three and a half goals. We now jump back across to the Nations League, and we look at two teams who were involved in huge upset wins in the first round. It's Austria, now managed by former Man United manager Ralph Ragnick, and Denmark, where Austria are the nine to five home dogs. It's eleven to five on the draw, and it's six to four on the Danish. It's difficult to say who had the biggest surprise win in the last round. Was it Denmark winning away to France from being 1-0 down? Was it Austria absolutely thumping last time out World Cup finalists? Croatia, we'll talk more about them in a second. Or was it the fact that Holland absolutely took Belgium apart away from home? I would say that's not so surprising when Kevin De Bruyne openly spoke about not wanting to play in this tournament. So I would lean towards Denmark. They'll be looking for another win here away to Austria. I'm not sure if they're going to get it, but what I am sure about is that there'll be goals in this game. And therefore, I find it very, very surprising to see the over underline set here at 0. Uh, um, at, sorry, over 2.25. Now, over 2.25 means that if there are two goals in this game and you bet on the over, you lose half your stake. So if you bet £100 on this and there are two goals in the game, you get half your money back. If there's one goal in this game or less, you lose your entire stake. You need three goals here to win. You could even take over two and a half goals here and lay less juice. That one is available at six to five, whereas the over 2.25 is available at five to six minus 120. I'm happy to to have less money on and take the over 2.5 goals here in this one at six to five plus 120. This is like a half unit type of level play here for me because the data really does tell you that these two teams will be able to score on each other, especially looking at how they played In the last round with Denmark managing to come back from behind and win away to France and Austria looking very, very good in a 3-0 win away to Croatia. But I think a lot of that was down to Croatia as well. And as I said, I'll talk more about that in a second. We have seen three of the last four Austria home games produce over three goals. We have seen at least three goals scored in six of Denmark's last eight matches and four of the last six head-to-head meetings have featured three goals or more. Looking at what they did last time and looking at statistical data, I think I'm happy to have a sprinkle on over two and a half goals here for this game. Up next, the final game we're going to look at is a rematch of the last World Cup final where France beat Croatia 4-2. France and Croatia have played on two occasions since then and France have won both of them. And coming off that surprise loss against Denmark, I think they're going to pick up another win here. Now... It's difficult to to break Denmark down. That's what France was struggling to do. It's a very, very different type of game. And when they were chasing that, that second goal, they got caught out and Denmark were able to score a couple of goals on their own on the break. I think this is going to be a very, very different type of game. The onus is going to be on Croatia off the back of that 3-0 home defeat to attack a little bit more here. But look, this Croatia team are all getting towards the wrong end of 30 when you look at their key players. I know Luka Modric is returning for this game. It's going to be his 150th cap. But Luka Modric can't be relied on anymore he's still a great player but if you're relying on Luka Modric still at this point in his career then you have problems with the next generation and I think that is going to be a problem here for Croatia they may be able to turn it on and, and deliver for the big games but I don't think Nations League games are that big at least they're not seen as big at this point point. and for France it's just a case of making sure that you don't lose two games in a row they are the holders of the Nations League and they are the world champions as well and they're coming up against a Croatia side that are well beaten by Austria and Friday and I don't think Luka Modric playing his 150th game is going to make a significant difference here. As I said, France have won both of the meetings with Croatia since playing in that World Cup and Croatia have conceded two or more goals in eight of the last nine Nations League games. It may be worrying that Varane isn't playing in this game or Kylian Mbappe because he came off at half-time but look at the attacking talent they have. They have the potential future Ballon d'Or winner in Karim Benzema and they have Christopher Nkuku who was let go by PSG as an incredible season with RB Leipzig and will have a point to prove here in this game. I still think the entire talent here is more than good enough and as I said with Croatia conceding two or more goals in eight of the last nine Nations League matches it shows that they are easy to score on particularly in this competition I don't think they take seriously and I expect France to bounce back here France don't lose two games in a row whether they win or not is a different story altogether I think the value is on France at 11 to 10 which is the best price available and I'm going to take that selection here for this one. Closing out with your lock on the show. It was really difficult to find a lock for this show. In fact, a little backstory here. I've already recorded this podcast and I recorded it without a lock. And then the podcast got lost through um, through uploading it onto where I upload it to send it across to the SGP. I actually lost the podcast and I'm re-recording it again today. I'm actually a lot sicker today than I was yesterday. Yesterday I had a start of the flu coming on and uh, today you may be able to hear it. I have full-on flu. But um, during the course of losing that podcast and re-recording it, I have found a lot here for you guys that I do like. It's going to be a pick parlay so a draw no bet parlay which means that if one of the selections is a draw then it is simply voided and it becomes a single play the only thing about that is that if there is a draw in one of the games then you may have a minus 200 lock or a minus 300 lock because that is the prices of the two selections we begin with the minus 300 that is portugal as a pick I don't see Switzerland going to Portugal and picking up a win. I think if anybody wins that game, it's going to be Portugal. And I do think that they'll win that game. I was tempted to make them the lock here on the money line. But we are going to be more conservative based on what we've seen in the Nations League so far. And especially because I think Switzerland will score in that game as well. So you are going to need Portugal to score two goals for you. So I think taking it as a pick in this parlay is the safest way to go. The other half of the um, the pick parlay here is France they are available in the Jornomet market as a pick available here 1 to 2 -200 they won't lose two games in a row. This France team don't lose two games in a row. I think despite the fact nobody really wants the Nations League, especially not the top players the top the top countries, the top teams, I think France find a way to bounce back here with or without Kylian Mbappe. I think they have enough talent to get their third win, in a row, third win in a row against Croatia. I think a draw would actually represent a good result here for Croatia coming off a 3-0 home defeat against Austria last time out. Unfortunately for them, I don't think they get it. I think both France and Portugal roll here, but to be sad, We're going to take this as a pick parlay. As I said, if there is a draw in this parlay, then it becomes a single play. So if Portugal draw tonight, then you just have a minus 200 selection on France as a pick. If Portugal win tonight and France end up having a draw then you have a rare lock at minus 300. Obviously, we don't take plays at that amount, but when it's part of a parlay, it can't be helped. So you will have a minus 300 lock there if uh, if France end up drawing. Of course, if either one of these two teams lose, then this is a losing lock selection. That's it for me and this edition of the EPL show. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.